What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. And this week we're doing the community version of Tesla Time News. So most of the stories are going to be done by you guys, the community. Episode 353 coming up next on Now You Know. So it's been, what, like a week since Ford announced that they will be adopting the Tesla plug or the NAX. Now GM seems to be getting on board the NAX train. GM CEO Mary Barra announced last week on Twitter with Elon that GM will be installing the NAX plug on all its EVs starting in 2025. I'm really excited to announce that we plan to adopt the North American charging standard. And we're working really hard that our first vehicle will come in 2025. So in 2024, GM EVs will be able to charge a Tesla superchargers using a CCS to NAX adapter. Now, I know that Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, said that Ford would be sending CCS adapters to all of their existing EV customers for free. Do you think that Mary will do the same? I don't think that Mary Barra knows what a CCS to NAX adapter is. No, honestly, I mean, I think that this was a rush job. I think that basically they heard about the Ford announcement. And I think one of the board members called up Mary or maybe all of them and were like, Mary, what the hell are we doing over here at GM? What the hell is this show? Mary, we need to get on those snacks right away. Yes, snacks. We have plenty of snacks. Don't worry. If you look under the cupboards in the hall, we have plenty of snacks. Not snacks, Mary. Snacks, Tesla snacks. Snacks, yes, knickknacks. We have plenty of them. We give them out to customers all the time. Mary, for God's sake, get on this. Uh, yeah, so this is huge news. Yeah, it basically does what we said a week ago is going to happen. It cements the fact that the Tesla NAX standard is going to be the standard. So then I want to ask the next logical question, which is what other car companies are going to be switching to NAX? All of them. All of them. All of them are going to switch. Okay, so Toyota. They can't, they can't not switch. Think about it. You got Ford and GM, so that's it. Because essentially now it's Tesla, Ford, and GM. Those are the top three EV makers in the United States. And they're all using Tesla superchargers. They're all going not to start. Do that. And so basically we're going to start to hear from Toyota and Hyundai. And we have to. BMW, Volkswagen, all. everybody. Yes. But then, I mean, the question is, what happens with the EV charging companies? They all have to have an at their chargers as well. So you're talking about Electrify America, 
Eco, um, all, all of them have to switch. Have because, at least, well, switch or at least have some NACs available. Because now it's gone from this mismatch of like, CCS is like, well, that's the standard for some reason, even though most cars in the world have NACs. They're, well, everybody else has CCS. Now there isn't everybody else. Everybody else is going to switch to NACs. Well, and that kind of leads to this next story, which is that the White House has now spoken, and they seem to be forgetting that there are more EVs on the road in the U.S. that have NACs, or Tesla plugs, than have CCS. So White House spokesperson Robin Patterson said in a statement regarding these new developments, and this is via Reuters, she said, earlier this year, we developed minimum standards to ensure publicly funded EV charging is accessible, reliable, and affordable for all drivers, and we required interoperability to promote competition. Those standards give flexibility for adding both CCS and NACs as long as drivers can count on a minimum of CCS. And it's like, why would we have to count on a minimum of CCS if more drivers are gonna be driving with NACs? Right, and so I think that this is super smart. So Tesla had been courting the big auto companies forever. And you know what's super smart is Magic Dock. Tesla only had to install, what, 10 of them? Right. And then all of a sudden, they're not going to have to do that anymore if they don't want to. Exactly right. We thought that like Magic Dock was going to be everywhere and then all EVs are going to be included. No. Tesla says, you're going to come onto our network. Right. You're going to use the best plug in North America. Yep. And we're going to call it the North American charging standard. So Tesla's been playing this game where they've been courting these big EV companies. They've been building the best charging network, at least in North America. I would argue pretty much bar none, anywhere that they operate, they have the best charging network. And now we've gotten to this point where everyone's adopting to it because of course they're going to adopt to it. And now we have the White House trying to be like, no, but wait. My friend said that we shouldn't, it's not really that, and it, nobody cares. Well, and my big question is, if Ford is already giving out the CCS to NAX adapters, GM's going to have to follow suit and do the same. I feel like GM has more EVs on the road than Ford. Right, well, with all the bolts. But I mean, so you think they're not going to do that and they're going to make you pay for it? Yes. Oh, interesting. So, believe it or not, I don't think that they care about their EV customers. That's true, because I mean, they did just spend, what, $580 million on their new Escalade and Navigator factory. Right. So, so that's I, their moneymaker. I think that GM is going to say, yeah, you're on your own. Go find an adapter. We don't care about you stupid bolt owners. Mm -hmm. We All we want to sell is the Lyric and the Equinox and the Blazer. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? So yeah, we, we only made the Bolt because we had to. Yeah, but I mean, they're gonna keep making those cars, the Equinox and the, and the Lyric with the CCS until 2025 rolls around. That's two more years. And then what? Like none uh, of this makes much sense. It, this was all so dumb. They should have just adopted it years ago. Be and, and basically now they're looking so stupid because they could have done this years ago. Now everyone's realizing that they could have done this years ago and it would have made a whole bunch more sense. I wanna talk about what this means for Tesla. This means cash, cash, money, baby. Yeah, because don't forget, they don't get to use this for free. Yes. They have to license it. So Ford and GM probably are have either signed or are in the process of signing agreements with Tesla. Oh, they've signed. Where they're going to spend a lot of money. Uh, when do we get to see how much money these companies have spent? I mean, it'll have to be on their balance sheet somewhere, but I'm yes. sure they're going to bury it. So I don't know. Right. But it's going to be on, you know, we're going to be able to look at GM and Ford and Tesla, and it's gonna be like what we spent at GM and Ford. And then with Tesla, it's gonna be like what we gained. And it's gonna be like charging network. Oops, we suddenly made $3 billion. Wonder where that came from. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much that is. And then the last question will be, 
I mean, the White House is saying it has to have CCS, so Tesla could throw in, you know, one or two magic, magic docks. docks if they had to. But I think they've already done the work. They've yeah. already put out the superchargers. It's been this thing we've been talking about for years and years and years and reporting on every single one that's come out. And now it's finally come to the point where they're able to switch the entire North yes. American auto industry. The government's just way behind. They're going to have to switch they the They will wording. catch up. There's yeah. no question about they it. Everyone's to. going to adopt this standard. Yep. It's the obvious standard. Let's yep. be f real about it. Yep. And now Tesla's going to be not... So Tesla's going to get all of the money mm -hmm. that was reserved for public EV charging because they're going to be basically the EV charger. Yep. Every new supercharger they put in. It's insane. Yep. It's insane what a, what a long-term business move that Elon has played for the past seven, eight years. Exactly. He doesn't play quarter to quarter. He plays the long game. This was a long move and I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by it. It's so exciting. Yeah. Elon wins the long game. So Core Power, that is a battery company, they just got an $850 million DOE, Department of Energy, loan to build an EV battery cell plant in Buckeye, Arizona. Coreplex, which is the name of the facility, will be 1.33 million square feet. Wow. And it will produce six gigawatt hours of batteries annually. Wow, that sounds like a lot. So they are tracking for late 2024 or early 2025 for batteries to start rolling off the production line. So six gigawatt hours, that sounds like a lot. How many EVs is that? So that's roughly 80,000 EVs worth of battery cells. It sounds like a bigger number than it is, but that's still a lot. But here's some interesting news. Tesla has just leased 48401 Fremont Boulevard. Now you might be like, I, what, what I, I don't know my... Well, let's go to the map. Okay. So check this out. This is a manufacturing facility. It's 210,000 square feet. It's advanced manufacturing. And um, well, the San Francisco Business Times reports the facility will support production of Tesla's 4680 battery cell technology, according to one of the sources who had direct knowledge of the deal, but was not authorized to discuss it publicly. The 4680 cell, a more efficient and longer lasting battery technology, is expected to be a crucial part of the company's rollout of its Cybertruck vehicle later this year. So just a reminder, Tesla Cato Road, which is just a six minute drive away and basically across the highway, is Tesla's 4680 battery pilot plant, which according to Tesla should be producing 10 gigawatt hours per year. Well, hold on. So how do you produce 10 gigawatt hours out of such a tiny building? Well, as of last year, Tesla had supposedly reached 900,000 cells a week. So that's about 1,000 EVs a week of cell production. So that would be almost four gigawatt hours a year. Um, but Cato Road is their pilot plant. So basically they figure out how things work and then I guess they were gonna mass produce this in the other plants. Um, so they previously said they would be able to do 10 gigawatt hours a year here. It seems possible they could reach that because we did some back of the napkin math and it seems like that would be about one cell every 0.7 seconds. So currently that would be this. Ka-chung, 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 ka-chung. <laughs> and if they were to get to 10 gigawatt hours a year, that's like two and a half times faster. That'd be like Wait, that's a battery cell in that span of time? Yeah. Wow. But, but that's off one line. I mean, maybe they have multiple lines. Okay. I feel like, from what I've heard, I think that, that whole building is not the plant. I think it's about 20,000 square feet of the existing building is the plant. Ooh. So if, if that's right, I'm not sure I am, but if that's right, then this new facility is about 10 times that size. So maybe that would mean 10 times 10 gigawatt hours a year or 100 gigawatt hours a year. Wow. Which would be 800,000 cars a year. 
Now, we don't know how much this is going to cost. I mean, we're comparing this to like Coreplex, um, which is an $850 million. That's just what the loans they got right. were. Um, right, because I mean, they're building a whole facility. This is a already built facility they're leasing. True. Um, which you means, save a lot of time. You save a lot of time. It's right where you need it to be. Yeah. And as far as we know, they have something that in a much smaller footprint can produce uh, almost the same amount of gigawatt hours. But look, 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 we could be completely wrong. This sure. is just one source. Maybe it's just going to be office space for all we know. We don't know. Well, it is advanced manufacturing space, true. according to yeah, the thing. That's true. It looks like a look factory. Like if you it look at the like if you look at the back, it's got a whole bunch of uh, truck bays yeah. for loading in battery materials and uh, you know taking but, but, out the battery cells. But my question is, if you're going to figure out the pilot plant here, why not just build them up at the gigafactories? Why build it across the street? I'm guessing, here's my conjecture. You are building this pilot plant in this kind of too small of an area. You have all the engineers there, they're used to commuting to there. And now you say, okay, great. Uh, we've, we've worked out most of the kinks. We think that we're gonna solve these other problems. Uh, a lot of these problems can be solved with some, some scaling, you know, bigger machines, bigger uh, lines and stuff like that. Uh, instead of having to take all sorts of turns to fit into a facility, you just have them go nice and straight all the way down the runway. Um, I think you do that in the big facility and then you add line, 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 line. And now we're making, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 gigawatt hours a year. And okay. that could be uh, either Cybertruck or... Cybertruck. You think Cybertruck? Yeah. Semi-truck? Yeah, maybe. But I... Yeah. Model 2. <laughs> Model 2. Could Model be. Y. Could be. Model 3. Tell us below what you guys think. I'm really excited about it. Now, while we've been in Amsterdam, we've seen a lot of e-bikes. A lot. And we've been testing a lot of e-bikes. So we've actually seen a few models of fat tire bikes here in Amsterdam. They really stand out here among the more prevalent thinner tired bikes. But I love fat tire bikes. And over on our Knowledge Review channel, we review the GeForce ZM fat tire bike, which has a lot to like, especially for the price. Now, I didn't see any of these in Amsterdam. That's because uh, they're actually too awesome for Amsterdam. What do you mean? Well, um, I think they might be illegal here. Oh, why? Well, they have a 750 watt motor and you can only have up to 250 watts of nominal power. So that means that you are not an electric bike anymore. You're like a completely different class. Oh, okay. Look, I mean, 750 watts is what makes it kind of super fun to ride, but I guess too much for Europe. Anyway, Europe, you need to rethink that in my opinion. Uh, but go check out our review of the GeForce ZM. See why we think 750 watts is super fun and see if it's a good fit for your use case and your budget. All right, so next up, we've got some of our community stories. I'm so excited to see what you guys have. And it seems like the guys at Tesla Life have a story for us about Tesla's 20th birthday. Hello, Zach and Jesse. And now you know, viewers, we're the Tesla Life crew. I'm Pat. I'm Casey. And I'm Mark. Well, July 1st is coming up and it's somebody's birthday. Any guess who's? Canada? Well, <laughs> yes. And it's also, what relevant for this show, Tesla's birthday. I've written an article on carswithcords.net about the 20 years of innovation that Tesla's had. So it covers their founding, the internal struggles, the innovative nature of Tesla, how they're not a car company, they're an innovation company that just happens to have cars as their first product. This article covers their purchase of Solar City and how they got into the solar business and a whole lot of their product development, their methods, 
and I think you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Excellent. So uh, you've you've covered the full gambit, and I understand, Patrick, you've even put some uh, extra in there for some future predictions. Right. So yeah, they've done a lot in the last twenty years, and conjecture time. <laughs> It's part of what Now You Know does, so uh, I thought it would be fun to throw throw some of that in there. Where is autonomous driving going to be in 20 years? What about Optimus? And then those are the things that we just know about now. Uh, two decades from now, uh, I think if you saw where they were at their founding, it would have been pretty hard to guess where they are today. With their energy products and uh, having launched a car into space, how many other car companies can say they've done that? <laughs> yeah, their pace of innovation, a whole lot of things can happen over the next two decades. I'm just happy to be along for the ride, watching, owning their products, having a sun come down to, to power my home, having power walls on the side of the house to, to make sure that we keep running during a blackout. It'll be really interesting to see if they start doing home products, induction cooktops, uh, heat pumps for your home. Lots of cool stuff can happen over the next two decades. Definitely. And, um, and for anyone who tells you, hey, you know, I, I don't know, they're so new. I'm not sure if I'm ready to get a car from such a new company. <laughs> 20 years old. They're newer than right. Stellantis. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, older. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is a very good point. They're uh, they're not just some up and comer. They've been around the block and gotten through some major hurdles in that time. So that's it. Check it out at carswithcords.net. Thanks. And now you know. Next up, Mike takes us on a tour of the Tesla 2023 shareholders meeting. Hey guys, this is Mike, and I was a little bored today, so I just decided to take a road trip. Just hanging out with my car today at Giga, Texas. So once you park, you go through the security area and into a tent and get your passes, and then you board the bus that actually takes you over to Giga, Texas, where the event will be. Once there, they have a big display with a bunch of vehicles and things for you to look at, including the semi-truck. Hi. How are you? Welcome. Good. How are you? Awesome. Are we allowed to sit in the driver's seat? Sadly, no. Yep, all the cameras, got great resolution. I had somebody in here that was 6'10 earlier. It's super tall. Very nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And they had the entire sexy lineup with the Model S in ultra red. Pretty neat looking. And then they had two cars from Germany with the midnight cherry red paint and the Quicksilver paint. Both were really great colors that I wish we had offered here. And kind of hidden off to the side, they had this thing called the Tesla cabin, which is basically this small shed that had on one side the Tesla solar roof installed. You could go up and look at it. And then all the home energy equipment they offer with power wall, the inverter, wall connector. And then as you walk towards Giga Texas, front center is the Cybertruck. This thing looks so much better in real life and I cannot wait to get mine. Inside Giga Texas, there was a flurry of activity. And you could even wait in line and get your picture taken with Franz. There are various displays around, including this Model Y body and the all-important merchandise store with hats, shirts, belt buckles, mugs, you name it. Amongst the various displays were ones with the Plaid drive units. This one shows the rear drive unit, and right next door you got the Plaid front drive unit. They had a brief factory tour which took you through the final assembly area, but it wasn't as involved as I'd like but it was still pretty cool. And then it came time for the main event. Please welcome Elon Musk. It is effectively a five-fold increase in the value of a car overnight. And afterwards, I saw some familiar faces. Let's go back out and look at 
Excuse me, sir. Anybody ever tell you you look like Brian from My Tesla Weekend? Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. I can't believe you would insult someone like that. Excuse me, sir. Has anybody told you you look like Gary Black? Yeah, a little bit. Excuse me, sir. Anybody tell you you look like Dr. Know-It-All? Oh, man. Really? I don't like that guy at all. Excuse me, sir. Anybody tell you you look like Joe Tetmeyer? I have heard that every once in a while, but I think he's my uh, my distant relative. What's your biggest takeaway from today? The bots are real and they're coming quick. What's your biggest takeaway from today? A, he's staying, which is great. B, he's going to try advertising. What's your one takeaway from today? Full self-driving. Elon is all, oh, I think that an Optimus. What's your biggest takeaway from today? My biggest takeaway today? Um, I like just getting a chance to see Giga Texas from the ground level inside and talking to the employees. What is your best adjective to describe Tesla? Exciting? Is that an adjective? Yeah, that'll yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to sum it all up in one adjective? Awesome. Awesome. One adjective to sum it all up for you? Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. To sum it all up for you, what would you put on it? I would just say, you know, excitement for the future and just embracing uh, possibilities that we've heard about for a long time, but they never really have materialized, and now we're seeing that happen. How long did it take you to get here? Uh, 10 hours. 10 hours. It was two flights. How long did it take you to get here today? Uh, a couple of hours. I came from Chicago. How long did it take you to get here? Just this morning? Yeah. <laughs> well, I flew from Atlanta, so I'd have to say, like, few hours. I don't know. I couldn't tell you exactly. Maybe five hours. Okay. How long did it take you to get here? Uh, from San Antonio, typically about an hour and a half, depending on the traffic. And uh, as many people know, I do that uh, three times a week. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty familiar with the route. So that's it from Giga Texas and the 2023 Tesla shareholders meeting. And if you ever have a chance to come to one of these, I highly recommend it. Now you know. And the Tesla Life guy sent us this story about a new Tesla location. Hello everybody and welcome to the Tesla Live. Welcome now you know viewers and Zach and Jesse on vacation or wherever you may be. We've got a story for you to talk about uh, this evening and that is about the new Tesla location being proposed for tribal lands that is just east of Syracuse, New York. You guys remember that uh, about a month or so ago we talked about a second location on tribal land that was going to be built in New Mexico. That was following up a successful location also in New Mexico. So this is the third tribal lands proposal for Tesla. And it's, of course, with a new tribe that they're proposing here uh, near Syracuse. So that was kind of interesting to hear that, uh, obviously, the formula is starting to work. It's pretty clever for them to kind of get around some of these draconium situations that were, were made stronger against them after the dealerships realized uh, that Tesla existed, that they were opening stores and service centers. Well, they, they can't they can't buy out their local uh, uh, Indian reservation people. They can they can only buy out their local politicians. So this is a good, good way to get around that. Yeah, obviously it's working for them in New Mexico if they're opening a second location there. So uh, why not try this? So New York changed their laws in 2014. So that restricted Tesla to just the four uh, service and sales centers that they have there now. And they want to expand. They should be expanding all over the place. And because we want to get more Teslas out there. We want more. We want more. And uh, they now have the number one vehicle in the world. So, uh, of course, there are plenty of people that want to receive these. I, I think this is a really smart way for them to do it. And I, I'm glad the tribe there in New York is willing to work with, with Tesla on this. And uh, I hope it works out good for the tribe. They get uh, jobs and development 
movement and for Tesla to get more customers in that area. It's a win-win. Exactly. And Patrick, you customers, the tribes, Tesla. I, we, we talked uh, a couple months ago. We were wondering who would be next. It would it just be another one in New Mexico. And here we are in New York. So they're, they're going to spread this thing all across the country. That's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And Patrick, you had mentioned about uh, the interest is so great that they don't even want for the location to be completed building before what happens. Oh, yes, that's right. So this was a, a cool part of the story is uh, Tesla is going to start deliveries immediately at the casino on uh, the tribal land. So they are uh, starting deliveries right away. And that's just how Tesla does things, right? Let's go as fast as we can. We need a building? No, we don't. We'll put up a tent and we'll start deliveries. <laughs> Sprung <the> structure. <laughs> this we might actually be... We need to put a... <laughs> Maybe you need to put a supercharger out because a lot of these casinos have Tesla destination chargers already there. So, hey, we're going to assist your- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Car, 50% to this uh, casino. Here's some tokens. Go enjoy yourself. We'll see you in an hour. <laughs> and if they don't have a supercharger, I bet you they now know the person to ask to get a supercharger at yes. that location. Yeah, that's that's fantastic news. Uh, so we wanted to share that with uh, the Now You Know viewers. And uh, now you do know. And uh, from Mark, Casey, and Patrick, have yourself a great evening. Bye. Zach sent us this story about the recent wildfires up in Canada and how it is having an effect on air quality throughout the country and the Northeast. Hi, Zach and Jesse. I'm Zach, and I'm coming to you from Syracuse, New York. You picked a good time to travel since the northeastern United States is dealing with an air quality crisis due to the wildfires happening in Canada just a few hundred miles north of me. The EPA uses an air quality index scale to determine the health and safety impacts of pollutants in the air. Currently, Syracuse has an AQI rating of 353 out of 500 for PM2.5 particles. As we've discussed many times on this show, PM2.5 particles are particulate matter smaller than 2.5 microns in size. Long and or frequent exposure to these particles is detrimental to your health. Normally, PM2.5 particles are too small to see. As you can see behind me, though, the density of these particles is clearly visible. In this air, PM2.5 particles make about 300 micrograms per cubic meter of the air. The average cigarette contains 22 micrograms, so breathing this air for an entire day would be like smoking 14 cigarettes. These are the same particles that are coming out of ice tailpipes and diesel exhaust of school buses. I hope that this shocks any doubters that we need to fix this problem now. I hope that all the viewers impacted by these wildfires are safe. I strongly recommend any that anyone within this PM 2.5 cloud to stay indoors as much as possible. With that being said, I'm going to go back inside. Everyone stay safe. Now you know. And to follow up on Zach's story, Clint sent us this story about how the wildfires are having an effect all the way down in New Jersey. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Clint reporting in from northern New Jersey. You sure picked a good time to be out of country because here in the northeast, 
the air quality has been absolutely terrible recently, actually approaching hazardous conditions due to wildfires in Canada. As you can see behind me, that is actually the sun. Bright orange and usually can't look at it. Um, there's a little bit of haze in the air. You can definitely smell it. Oh, it's like, it smells like you've been on a campfire all day long. So now, as you can imagine, would be one of the best times to own a Tesla just for the sheer fact of biodefense mode. On to the next story. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Uh, it's Spencer here in central New Jersey, along with my camera operator, Lyra, and you may know from some supercharger uh, reviews we've done together. Uh, we're here at the uh, Princeton Service Center uh, at Mercer Mall. Uh, it's Mercer County, New Jersey. Um, could be considered Lawrenceville or Princeton. Uh, in 2018, uh, I picked up my vehicle about 45 minutes away in Cherry Hill, uh, and they've subsequently opened uh, this Princeton location. Uh, very high adoption area, and we'll show you a little bit of just the scale of the operation here. Uh, if you look down this direction, you'll see this is uh, a very busy lot. Uh, it's a combination uh, sales and service location here. Uh, so you know, maybe a hundred or a, a bit more uh, parking spaces, very tight, very densely packed uh, here. But we'll show you some nearby areas where Tesla is also using um, additional capacity to augment the operations here on site. And now we are maybe a hundred yards away uh, from that sales service center we were just at previously. Uh, this restaurant has a full of hands if you're looking at the map. Uh, it closed, I think, a couple years ago. And now this area of the parking lot uh, of that Hula Hands restaurant is used for additional staging. Another dozen, couple dozen cars uh, are frequently staged in this area. Uh, relatively easy walking distance, uh, I, I assume, uh, for the folks at that sales and service center. But we're going to go over the highway next. Um, about a quarter mile away uh, is what's known as Quaker Bridge Mall. Uh, and that's where the real capacity is. We have now switched sides of the highway. We have come across Route 1. Uh, again, the sales and service center and the Hands parking lot were over at Mercer Mall. On the other side of Route 1 is Quaker Bridge Mall. Uh, and we are on the side with, uh, you see here, J.C. Penney and I believe the closed uh, Lord & Taylors, uh, which has created some available parking lot capacity here uh, right adjacent to that uh, sales and service center. So Lyra, my camera operator, is actually standing on top of my Model 3 to get you a good view of the Tesla's as far as the eye can see. Uh, you see they're over to your left uh, in that little side parking lot. And then often literally thousands of cars uh, are staged here in this parking lot uh, to go to that Mercer Mall uh, delivery center. Now you know. Our news short sent us this story about Elon tweeting that uh, they are open to licensing autopilot and FSD to other auto manufacturers. Welcome to our news shorts. We'll get right to it. Elon Musk mentioned he is open to licensing autopilot, FSD, and other Tesla technologies. You did, Mary. You electrified the entire automobile industry. I'm serious. You led. This comes to us via a Twitter comment on an article from Electric where GM CEO Mary Barra admits Tesla is leading when it comes to EVs. A screen grab of this tweet can be seen here. 
from Jim Hall. You changed the whole story, Mary, wherever, wherever you are. Oh boy, Joe Biden is going to be pissed when he reads this and finds out he was bamboozled. Then it goes on with the article, GM CEO says Tesla has the lead in electric cars. Doesn't see profitable 30 to 40k EVs until end of decade. Right below, you can see Elon Musk's comment. Tesla aspires to be as helpful as possible to other car companies. We made all our patents freely available several years ago. Now we are enabling other companies to use our supercharger network. Also happy to license Autopilot FSD or other Tesla technology. So now you know. This has been our new shorts. Goodbye. Have a good time. Phil sent us this story about a new electricity price tier in Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to give you a heads up uh, about something that's happening in Ontario. I haven't seen it covered in any other uh, other YouTube uh, channels or videos that I've seen so far. Uh, hasn't really been in, in uh, media around here at all, actually. Um, but I found out that they're, uh, the government of Ontario is trying a new pricing strategy with uh, with respect to electricity costs in the province of Ontario in Canada. Uh, this, uh, this pricing strategy is, is geared towards promoting electric uh, vehicle adoption and um, converting your houses to, uh, to use air source heat pumps. Uh, what this pricing strategy is, is that uh, they call it the ultra low pricing tier system, I think it's called, um, or ultra low cost pricing strategy or something to that effect. But basically what it is, is between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., the pricing on electricity per kilowatt hour is going to be only 2.4 cents. Um, so that's going to make charging my Tesla cost about $1.50 from empty to full. You can't beat that kind of cost for propulsion per mile anywhere. Um, so that's that's going to be great. Um, the, only, the only caveat to that is that during the daytime, your price is going to go up a little bit. Uh, but I think it's with um, uh, with uh, charging EVs, it's going to more than offset the uh, the increase in cost throughout the day. Anyways, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I think it's a it's an interesting way that the government is incentivizing this uh, this technological uh, transition. Um, unfortunately, they did take the EV uh, incentive away for purchases, but uh, but uh, this I guess is a bit of a saving grace, maybe. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right, now you know. Mark sent us this story showing the progress of Lion Electric Buses battery factory being built up in Quebec. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Uh, this is Mark Frechette speaking from uh, Mirabel, Quebec, Canada. And I uh, just wanted to give you a sneak peek of a new expansion for uh, Lion Industries. Um, as you can see, uh, they've started already the delivery of... Uh, uh, buses and uh, large vehicles, large work vehicles, all electric, and uh, they're still in construction, but pushing hard and working hard to provide everybody with clean electric uh, vehicles. So this is uh, Mark signing off from uh, Mirabel, uh, Quebec, Canada. Take care, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Todd sent us this story about his recent solar houseboat conversion he's been working on. 
Hey, Zach and Jesse, wanted to help you out while you're out of town. I'm not quite ready to show off this project, but since you need content now, you're getting it now. What you see behind me is 2,400 watts of solar panels that I put on top of this 1972 seagoing drifter 45-foot houseboat. And under this boat, there is a 6,500-watt EG4 inverter and 15,000 watts of batteries. So let me go show you around a little bit. So here's the solar array that's been created for this boat, 2,400 watts which is 24 100 watt panels. The challenge you have with a houseboat and typically an RV as well is you're working with a flat roof. So I watched three or four videos. Well, I watched half of three or four videos and found a method that I like for not penetrating the roof and that's taping the outside edges. That is flex tape uh, that is clear flex tape that is used on the outside edges and then that's one inch gorilla tape that's used between all the panels to tape them together and then it's zip tied together as well the other challenge is heat buildup so as you can see these panels are currently reading 128 degrees and just the roof itself is close to 130 on a hot day that can be 150 160 so we put this sign foam under all the panels and we ran the sign foam this direction. So there's a little bit of an edge on the outside edge and on this edge that does not have foam on it. So that way it will lay down a little flatter, but it raises up the center of the panels to give them a little bit of a barrier off the roof and hopefully dissipate some of the heat. And last, what you're looking at here is the app that comes with the EG4 system from Signature Solar and you're seeing the battery production or the solar production in the bottom left in the bottom right you're seeing the current status of the battery the upper left is when it's plugged into grid power so that would be when i'm at dock plugged into shore power and then the upper right is how much power is being used currently in this system now you know and mike sent us this story about an ev conversion he's doing on a 1927 dodge brothers touring sedan Hi, Zach, Jesse. This is Mike from Kennewick, Washington. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. It's a 1927 Dodge Brothers Touring Sedan. It's been converted to electric. Picture of it plugged in. Me and my friends play in the shop. Go around to the interesting parts. It's a DC motor conversion. Two battery banks down each side. The relays on each side behind the plexiglass. 52 volts. For a total of 104 with a 120 volt DC motor. It's got a Siemens PLC programmable logic controller which provides information to the Siemens touchscreen for volts, amps, miles an hour, and motor RPM. Battery banks down each side are under plexiglass panels, and battery management system behind the floor plate. The 12-volt side for running the blinkers and relays and the onboard charger. Hope your viewers are interested in watching that. This is where we watch Now You Know and Now You Know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. It sounds like we're about to have a lot more friends at Superchargers before long. And so it's a good thing that Tesla is rolling out new stations at a breakneck pace of almost two a day.
We've seen how fast the prefab stations can be assembled, but here in Egan, Minnesota, they're using individual pedestals, and I wanted to share that construction process with you. The first equipment showed up around April 10th, and the next couple weeks were slow going due to snowstorms and rain. But once things got rolling, they moved fast, and each week showed significant progress. Even if they did have a couple setbacks, like one of the pedestals being damaged and having to have it replaced. And in the last few weeks, they've been tidying up landscaping and making sure all of the connections were secure. A little over two months later, and the meters are in, and this location is almost ready to open and get its first supercharger review. As to concerns about stations getting too crowded as we welcome our non-Tesla friends, this is one of five superchargers just in Minnesota that are currently under construction or about to open. So very exciting here. Tesla is not slowing down. Thanks for all you do, and now you know. Thank you to everybody who sent in your stories this week. You made it possible because we're here in the Netherlands and we can't do the regular show. So I really, really appreciate the community sending in those awesome stories. Hey, I want to thank the Cybertruck Owners Club. Uh, they sponsor this show. If you are looking for Cybertruck news, you have to head over there. They've got all of the discussions. All of the enthusiasts and future owners are there talking about stuff. And they've got their crowdsource reservation tracker so you can check your place in line. All right, next up is video contributor stories. What do we got? Benny sent us this story about his Tesla lineup. Okay, this is my wife. This is my dog Tesla. And I have the Model S, Model X, Model 3, and Model Y is at the... My daughter's driving it. And I'm charging directly from the solar panel. And it goes right to my car. And I drive. I don't spend money for gas. I don't spend money for maintenance. Free from the solar to my car, and I drive for past three and a half years. Saved almost over $30,000 of not paying for gas and maintenance. Now you know. All right, it's time for Patreon bonus stories. Remember, you can head on over to our Patreon. It's over right here. Help support the show. For as little as a buck a month, you get all of our Patreon bonus stories. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These people get their names at the end of the show. Who do we got, Jess? We've got Jim Barclay. Robert Kine. Burned Rule. And Kid Aswafi. And eyeopener.ca. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. This week we've got Carl. He found this Waymo Jaguar I-Pace charging at the Electrify America Charging Station in White Settlement, Texas. Tom sent us this picture of a wrapped Model S in Tucson, Arizona. Our friend Dave spotted this batch of Teslas being transported while driving from Palm Springs, California to Phoenix, Arizona. Christopher sent us this picture of a Revel Model 3 taxi they saw in New York City. Ishe spotted this Model 3 with the license plate Nicola in West Vancouver, Canada. Tim found this Model S with a funny license plate driving around Chicago. Mike spotted this Kia EV6 driving around North Bay, Ontario. Art sent us this picture of some EVs at the Drive Green event in New Jersey. Chuck spotted this Cadillac Lyric parked next to his Tesla Model S in Concord, North Carolina. Sam found this Audi e-tron GT in Germany. Kenneth spotted this Chevy Bolt at the park headquarters in Acadia National Park. And Michael sent us this picture of an Irish National Ambulance Service all-electric response vehicle. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what people have reviewed out there in the world today. What's up, Zach Jesse? I am still on this trip from California to Florida. We have completed our third leg from uh, Wilcox, Arizona to Fort Stockton, Texas. 
We're now at a supercharger here connected to a Flying J with loads of amenities. You can see there's a subway, the Cinnabon, and all a bunch of stuff. You can get gas, you get charged up. Eight stalls, 150 kilowatts, and uh, everything you need, uh, basically, especially if you're road tripping. There is a brand spanking new La Quinta Inn that we're staying in that's just across the street from here, uh, which I highly recommend because they have a huge lot for trailers and stuff like that for parking, uh, a dog area, everything's brand new, it's great. As far as towing goes, this is not very tow friendly in regards to just pulling in and charging. Uh, however, there's plenty of space to maneuver, so that's great. So if you're a Tesla that's not towing, I would give this an eight out of 10. If you're a Tesla that's towing, I'd give this a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hello, Zach and Jesse. I'm standing at the Miramar Outlet Mall in Estero, Florida with the brand new version three superchargers. There are 16 stalls here. And in addition to those, there are also 16 destination chargers. Now these are J1772 plugs and you can see we have a uh, Mustang charging right now. But this is an interesting mall in that this is the first one I've seen that has both destination chargers and the superchargers. We are about, about 100 yards from an entrance to I-75. And of course, we're at an outlet mall. There are restaurants and places to shop. Anyway, very interesting. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Brian here um, in East Norwich. Uh, which is in the east of England, just above London, by about 100 miles. And this is a new supercharger for Tesla and also for everything else, um, CCS charging. This is called, this is GridServe, which is one of the new hubs that uh, is in East Norwich. This is first day uh, opening. We've got eight Tesla chargers here. There are also 22 high-power, 350-kilowatt chargers at this location. This new hub is run by a company called GridServe. Now, GridServe claimed to be a sustainable business that runs the GridServe Electric Highway. This new state-of-the-art compact electric forecourt delivers the latest charging technology. GridServe says hub delivers 100% renewable energy and helps to show the way for mass EV adoption well ahead of the 2030 ban on new gas and diesel cars in the UK. I give this location a 10 out of 10. East Norwich in the UK. This is Brian. Now you know. Hi, this is Greta at the new Grinnell Iowa Supercharger. This is a good stop because it has eight V3 stalls located right off the interstate. It covers the gap between Des Moines and Iowa City. There is only a subway and two gas stations for food and no pollen stalls, so I give it a six out of ten. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Again, we have a map over on our website, nowyouknowchannel.com, um, where you can see all the superchargers, all the reviews, and you can even upload your own. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? We have the 8-stall in Marietta, Georgia. We have the 16-stall in Burlington at Marketplace Drive in Washington. We have the 12-stall in Bonn, Germany. We have the 12-stall in Steinkjör, Norway. 
the three stall in Shenyang, China. We have the 12 stall in Millipedus, South Abbott Avenue in California. The eight stall at Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. We have the six stall in Exeter, New South Wales, Australia. The six stall in Guiyang, China. We have the three stall in Guangzhou, China. All right, so not a crazy amount of superchargers this week, but pretty good. I think we're gonna start to see an uptick. You mean Nax chargers? Nax Nax <laughs> superchargers. Uh, I think we're gonna start to see an, an uptick in their uh, in their rollout since now they have to account for the two runners up for the fa for the most EVs sold in uh, North in North America. Yeah. So I, I think this is one of those sleeper stories. I think in a few weeks, people will kind of forget that it was a story, but it's a huge story. And yep. I think this is just going to, this is something we've known was going to happen. We we're just waiting for it to happen. And it just took longer than we thought, but uh, it was definitely exciting. And these people are all excited about it. I don't know if you can hear them, but we're here in Amsterdam. People are so excited. It's like midnight here and people are still wide awake and having fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. If you guys made it to the end of the show, Thank you. It is your support that makes it possible for us to go to another country and still continue doing the work that we do. So thank you for doing it. Thank you to the community this week for sending in all your awesome stories because really without you, we would have had a very bare bones show this week because we just didn't have the time. We've been so busy at the Micromobility Conference um, riding around in some cool e-mobility things we're gonna tell you more about later. Thank you so much for watching. Now you know. know.